We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl we are on day four of our expert series and i'm joined today by the one and only justice mosqueda you can follow him on twitter at j-u-m-o-s-q you can find him at acmepackingcompany.com and let me just say if you are not consuming justice's content over at acme packing company you are doing things wrong as a packer fan so make sure to remedy that justice how the heck are you doing I can't complain. I'm wearing a hoodie, so it's like not even that hot in Portland today. So count that as a win. I, I love it. Uh, it is, as we're recording this, uh, over 90 degrees in uh, Green Bay. So yeah, we've got some heat coming through right now. It's supposed to be cooler uh, you know, in a couple of days here, but uh, I digress. So this is day four of our expert series. So uh, what we're doing, I'm going to ask you three questions that I'm asking everyone this week. Then I'll go into two justice specific questions and then a random personal question. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Are you ready? I've never been more ready in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate go. it. Let's jump in right away. So the first question I'm asking everyone is a player or maybe something that you are most looking forward to as we get ready to kick off Packers preseason training camp, et cetera. What is the one thing that you just cannot absolutely wait for and probably a player, but I'll let you go in any direction that you want. Ooh. So is this a, in a positive direction or just hey, in general? this is your life. If you want to be negative, you are happy to be, you can go in whatever direction that you would like to go in. So it's not necessarily negative, but the thing that I'm most interested in watching is definitely the defensive line. Okay. So I'm not really sure how it ends up shaking out. It seemed like, um, you know, when they had the assistant coaches go up for the presser earlier this off season, the only person who was negative in any way, shape, or form about his players was Jerry Montgomery, who's, I think, now on his third defensive coordinator in Green Bay. He's the longest tenured yeah. coach in Green Bay right now. Um, and it's going to be interesting because I think everyone expects Slayton to play the nose, but he said, you know, that they had expected more out of Slayton last season. And then, you know, Wyatt stepping in as a first-year defensive end our first-year starter at defensive end, and then Kenny Clark moving back to defensive end from nose tackle. Um, and there's not really that many other options 
beyond that unless you want to start getting these day three rookies involved at the end. So, yeah, it's a really interesting position. I think in my opinion, Kenny is coming off like a bad Kenny season is still a good Kenny season, but like Mm -hmm. is that might be the worst we've seen from Kenny Clark last year. If not, it's at least probably in the conversation, still a very good season overall, but just not usual superhero Kenny. Um, you have Devontae Wyatt who played what 300 ish snaps a season ago, uh, who's obviously making that leap. And I think everyone as a former first round pick is expecting him to take this giant step. TJ Slayton has kind of been the number two guy, uh, so far in many camps and OTAs. I won't lay like too much into that until we see it more in camp preseason, regular season, right. etc. And then you've got, as you mentioned, the day two guys uh, or day three guys, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks, and then a slim down kind of in better shape, uh, Jonathan Ford as well, who I'm kind of intrigued by. I think all, I like all six of those guys in some capacity. I'm just interested to see how they all put it together. Yeah. I'm, I, especially when the pads come on, right? Yes. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I, I don't care about these defensive line, offensive line, running back evaluations until the pads come on. So. Yeah, definitely like the number one thing I'm going to be looking at, which sounds weird because, you know, everyone's going to be paying attention to Jordan Love. No, a little while ago uh, when we were doing training camp superlatives and uh, with uh, Perry and Alex and I, and I I had actually said that the training camp battle I'm most interested in is sort of that like that defensive line rotation. And specifically I said kind of four five and six and how that plays out. But, you know, right now you're, you know, Kenny's going to get the lion's share of the load and then probably Slayton and Wyatt a bunch after that. But even like the number four guy, let's just assume it's Colby Wooden. Like that's probably what 400 ish snaps, which is not an insignificant number. And you're like one injury to Slayton, Wyatt or Clark away from that next number four guy, whether it's Brooks or Wooden or Ford or however they do it from playing probably fairly significant snaps. So that's, it's a very interesting position to me. And Slayton, too, just to add on top of that, I mean, his whole thing coming out was conditioning issues, and he hasn't been a guy who's played a lot of football, right? I mean, he was was at, um, what was it, American Heritage in high school? You know, one of those big powerhouse schools. Didn't play on the defensive side. Was recruited as a guard for, like, a five-star guard for, like, Michigan, then flipped to Florida because he could play the defensive line, and he was like, Mm -hmm. I want to finally play defense. And then... Um, you know, at Florida, he didn't play a lot until that final year. And we haven't seen a lot of him on the field, you know, since, since he's been drafted. So I, I, I'm not sure those conditioning issues have been solved. I'm interested in learning, though. Yeah. And, you know, to see him take a step and maybe play, you know, 40 plus now, we just haven't seen that from Slayton. So that's going to be interesting as well. All right. Number two on my list, the million dollar question as we sit here today, pre-training camp. What are your specific expectations for Jordan Love and the Packers as we sit here right now before training camp? Play within the system, please. Just play within the system. And if if you can do that, there's a lot to work with, right? Like, um, have you heard, uh, we're recording this, it, is this spoiler alert? We're recording this on July 10th. So the play callers... Uh, the podcast series for The Athletic just came out. Have you heard it? I have not had a chance to listen to it yet. No, it is uh, very high on my to-do list at the moment. I, I watched, uh, I, I, listened, or I listened to the five hours of it. And um, part of it was them talking about kind of like the system, right? And saying like they learned that the explosive plays in the NFL come from perimeter runs and throws over the middle, right? 
So you think about that, you're smiling. You think about that within the context of Aaron Rodgers being our quarterback for the past, what was it, 18 years or so? No, 15. That's yeah, like right starter. Um, he doesn't like to throw over the middle. A little Just bit allergic with, to it. Play, play within the system, and I think everything's going to be fine. I'm uh, going through and, and re-watching all of last season, and it has been striking to me how many completions and how much um, of Aaron Rodgers just productivity, which there wasn't a ton during the beginning of that stretch, but um, how much of it was just schemed up stuff and just little, you know, little tosses on like the, the little pop passes, little screens to the outside, like throws that like not only Jordan love could make, but like insert whatever quarterback that you want could make. And I've half been tempted to go through and look at every single Aaron Rodgers pass and be like, all right, literally like how many of these could like you and I almost make to like almost that extreme. And then like any normal NFL quarterback could make, but like there is a lot of schemed up stuff. And to, to your point, I think if he sticks to the scheme, but also even more like it's willing to utilize the middle of the field, which we've already seen in OTAs and mini camps. I think there's a lot of meat on that bone and, uh, we yeah. keep going back to the numbers for Aaron last year. It's not a super hard, hard you know, bar to clear. It's going to be really interesting to see how Jordan Love, you know, sort of is in comparison to last year's Aaron numbers. And I think the RPO and option game just like explodes. Yeah, I think Love. so too. I don't know how often they're going to be willing to run him, but I mean, think about what well, what was it like week one or two it was early on in the season last year against the vikings right where they had that whole zadarius smith rpo play down at the goal line and the answer to that play is you pull the ball yeah but aaron aaron, yeah. aaron won't pull the ball and no. i think jordan love who's you know he grew up in that like air raid type of offense stuff i mean he had the same quarterback coach as um justin herbert i believe um so you know, th those guys are willing to pull the ball and run the ball a little bit. And even when he gets in like the preseason stuff, you start seeing him do different things. And you're like, oh, they're running zone art. Like they're running like the Kaepernick plays from like Nevada in the, in like 2010. Right. And you're like, oh, OK, like this is something they think that he can do, even though on paper he ran like a 4.7 or whatever. Um, yep. But like he's a long strider. So like maybe there is something there and you start seeing Deguara and the other fullback, right. Uh, working on the side and in, in camp and stuff like that. And you're like, maybe there is a role for the, these slicers and they want to do something with them. So I don't know. That'll be interesting. It is very much going to be. And uh, just, I think some of the play action, the RPO, the middle of the field, all that stuff, I think is going to be on a different level in 2023. And that's just going to make this offense, I think, hum in a different way. And, and there's going to be struggles too, but it's still going to be fun to watch. Uh, this is another choose your own adventure. You can choose to be optimistic, pessimistic. You can go in any, any direction that you want. We've had this entire off season to stew and marinate on all the different things that, you know, are, are going through our head, things that are maybe keeping us optimistic, things that are maybe you're more worried about or pessimistic about. So again, as we sit here today, what is something that is either giving you hope or pessimism and just kind of like, you can't shake the feeling as we get ready for the start of training camp. I think I'm pretty on an island on this one because it doesn't seem like people are as concerned as I am. But um, so Christian Watson, right? It's yep. his ideal role. Explain it to me. 
Um, I think he is the, what I would just consider the quote unquote playmaker. I think Romeo Dobbs becomes your sort of everything wide receiver utilizing the middle of the field more kind of, I I think he's going to be looked at a lot. And just even what we've seen in OTAs, I think he's going to kind of be the overall guy. I think Jaden Reed's going to kind of be your slot. I think Toure is going to get a look. I think Luke Musgrave is going to get used as a big wide receiver, basically for a lot of this. Kraft's going to be your overall tight end. And then I think there is going to be a literal playmaker role for Christian Watson and not too dissimilar from what we saw in his streak at the end of last year, where it's like, all right, how can we get a double move for him down the field? How can we get him on a night? How can we get him on a reverse or an end around or a pop pass that gets him screaming in the opposite direction? I think he is going to be the more schemed player of everyone on offense and, but also utilized in a normal wide receiver role from time to time. But I think as Matt LaFleur stays up at night and tries to like do all of his doodling, I think he's got Christian Watson one a in mind of like, how can we get the ball in this guy's hands? So here's where I was going with that. And all right. That's interesting. You say about that. So if you want to be the jet motion end around guy, all that stuff, you have to have depth from your alignment, right? Those guys aren't lining up on the ball. Those guys are lining up off the ball, right? So right. Yep. any trips formation, Christian Watson, you probably want him to the trip side, probably on the outside. If Agreed. you know the weird bunch stuff, all that stuff. Okay. Then you have reading the slot. So that means the backside X is going to be Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs Agreed. who struggled against press all of last season and teams figured that out. I mean, that's why he started off so hot and then kind of like vanished down the stretch even before his injury. Right. Yep. I don't know if I want Dobbs to play the X man. And like, maybe that's when like an opportunity opens up for a bigger guy like Wicks to be able to like beat those, those press coverages and stuff. That's my cat. (laughs) screaming at me do you hear that <laughs> she doesn't like your take she's yeah. not like your take at all she's like no. romeo's gonna be fine as the x yeah but i mean what what do you think about that because that is something that i've been really worried about because the thing i would want to limit a hundred percent of the time is dubs in press but i don't know if there's a way to do that if he's the x receiver like it makes more sense if you know, on passing downs, you know, third downs and stuff like that. If you have Musgrave split out and then you can have two slots and then Dobbs kind of plays that like almost Randall Cobb role that, that was last season, right. Where he's just kind of like third down over the middle wide receiver, but that X I'm just real worried about Dobbs. What do you, what is your thought on Watson playing X? I think that's fine, but I think that neutralizes a lot of, like you're you're not going to be running deep routes if you're the isolated guy on one side of the field. Like they're going to just going to play cloud to it, and you're going to get taken away very easily. And you're not going to be able to do the jet motion stuff. You're not. You don't really have the depth for the end around stuff. I'm just wondering if you can't throw like enough different looks at them out of that to maybe just be confusing enough or you use enough motion to just sort of you know switch things up pre-snap where all of a sudden it looks like you're going to get you know, Watson in the X and then he, you know, moves over and into the trip side or whatever. Like, I wonder if like, you can't get it like a little bit of Dobbs at the X, a little bit of Watson at the X. Maybe like if he makes the team, maybe even a Malik Heath who is a little bit bigger of like, I I don't know. I almost asked you, I saw you did the breakdown. I did like, like that's some of the stuff that maybe he could be um, where he's a little bit more physical. He's great on back shoulder stuff. Like, again, he has to make the team first. I'm not going to be like, Hey, there's your X receiver, but like, Maybe, uh, maybe you can even throw Luke Musgrave out there in some bizarro looks. Like, I, like I'm wondering if you don't just like try to combat it with like, 
confusion, be like, yeah. all right, we're going to throw everything at you. So you can't just do one thing over and over. Um, and maybe teams catch on to it and be like, oh, we're just going to press who's ever out there. And we don't really care because you don't have that one guy that can beat it. But I don't know. It, it is a really good point though. To, to that point, let's just throw everything out there. You got a young, a first year starting quarterback <laughs> and a bunch of, I mean, the oldest wide receiver is like Jeff Cotton. He's like 24 or something yeah. like that. No one, Season no better. one even, no one even knows who Jeff Cotton is. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think volatility is going to be the name of the game this season. I think you have just a lot of unknowns. And I think some of those unknowns are going to peak in really fun, exciting ways. I think there's other times where it's just going to be massively frustrating. Just like, like, why are the, these little simple things that should be working, just like not working out of nowhere. And I think that's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to see a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. And there's a lot of youth and with youth comes inexperience and just volatility. I think there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of volatility, especially with first year starting quarterback and everyone being a rookie or second year player, basically at wide receiver or tight end. That's a lot of volatility. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. To the justice-specific questions... All right. The first one is I feel like you have a lot of really smart, but also totally off the wall uh, justice isms that like only you think of. So as we are we're talking right now, what is your most outlandish justice-esque idea for the Packers right now or during the season? You can take that in any direction as you want, but you always have, I feel like, some insane creative way of thinking about something. So what has been something that's been stewing in your mind that you've been thinking about that you want to get off your chest? Uh, something crazy. Let and like the, the one we just talked about is not that all that dissimilar. So I, I love that your, your line of thought there. So yeah. I think, uh, I mean, so I, I'm pretty bad at gauging other people's opinions. I, I like, this. I, I already like this yeah. what is the idea of trading Nyman at all on the radar of Packers fans? Or is this just, I'm, I'm out here. No, I actually uh, did an episode where I said like, of like I did a whole episode on players who could get traded during training camp slash like basically at cut down time. And he was, I think, number two on my list of people that I discussed. And it's not super hard to get to a world where you have Bakhtiari in the left, you, Zach Tom wins the starting battle on the right. He's like, what, like a $4 million guy, I think. It's like four um, and a half and million on the Or like a swing and... tackle is, gets kind of expensive when you're sort of tied up against the cap. If you don't think you're going to re-sign him for next season and you don't have the appetite to pay him $4 million, I think it would have to be that you're 100% – 
confident in Bakhtiari's health at the left. Zach Tom clearly is the winner of the right tackle spot on the right. And you feel comfortable and confident in at least one of Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, Rashid Walker, one of those guys where you're like, all right, if one of those other guys goes down, we still feel confident. You also have an Elton Jenkins who you can still kick out. It didn't work at right tackle very well a season ago, but it's still like not completely insane as an option. So if all of a sudden you didn't feel super great about paying the 4 million, he was clearly going to be the backup. You felt comfortable that like you had another guy in the roster that could get, give you like 95%, 90% of Yash Nyman. Like I, I don't think it's totally outlandish to think that maybe there's a world where some other team could really use a starting offensive tackle. And it's like, we'll give you X pick for Yash and Green Bay's like, all right, all right, we'll do it. Yeah. And I think he could fetch a decent amount of money because someone's going to pay him next right? year. So, think, someone's going to pay him next year. Um, and maybe the second round pick that was attached to his RFA tender was too much, but like, I don't know. Could you get like a third and a fourth for him? You might be able to get a third and a fourth for him. Did you see how bad this draft class was for the offensive tackles? Like yeah. we saw teams legitimately panic midway through the first round because they were like, we might not get a guy if we don't trade up for one right now. Right. So, yep. um, and all it takes is one injury for some team where they're like, oh, yeah. crap, you know, we don't have a starting offensive tackle. Green Bay actually has three, maybe four, if Elton is considered one. Like, let's call them. Like, it, it, I don't yeah. think it takes that much. Also, I, I wanted to mention one of the guys you didn't bring up, a guy who has some tackle experience. And to, to your point, you said, you know. Royce? Are you talking Royce? Yeah, I was oh. going to say. Not, you, I'm not you, me, you mentioned Elton, and you're like, yeah, he can play right tackle. It didn't work out too well. I was like, add another guy to the list, Royce, baby. Yeah. That did not work good at all. At all. Let's let's not revisit. Let's not put that even into the ether. I'm not I'm not ready for another Royce Newman offensive tackle experiment. <laughs> Going back and watching and seeing Jake Hansen at right guard and Royce Newman at right tackle to start the season was uh quite the experience and like stomach curling all over again. All right. Next one on my my justice list. You put an article together of like sort of like Joe Barry's defense and Kenny win back the heart of Packer fans. So in your opinion, and just kind of going over that. What can Joe Barry do this season to do well as a coordinator and win back the hearts of Packer fans? Is there a avenue for that happening? Man, he has to fix the run defense. I don't know what you have to do because I understand you're not playing with a loaded deck right now, right? Obviously, no. I think everyone expects the spine of the defense not to be very good this year just because we're talking about inexperience and changing roles on the defensive line, right? We're talking about like a six-man competition at safety that I don't think anyone expects to be it's not NFL average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we need two bounce back seasons from the inside linebackers. But you cannot have another poor season of tackling, of fitting the run, and still have the confidence of this fan base. I mean, I think it's pretty much as low as it could be for a returning defensive coordinator. I think a lot of people thought he was going to end up getting canned last year up until the defense kind of got hot um, second half of the season, even though Gary went down with the injury. I th I think as far as the passing game goes, outside of the third down stuff where they're playing a bunch of off coverage, and I think a lot of that has to do with teams knowing they can get off coverage if they get in, if offense is getting bunches right? Like three wide receivers, two wide receivers, you know, lined up real close to each other. You can't press them, right? Yep. Like it just becomes a pick play. They have a yard where they can pick you legally, right? Um, 
I think that they need to come up with answers there in the passing game, but I think the passing game is like not even the issue. It's like, dude, can we stop a run? Can we stop a run? Five yards per carry last year, which is just mind-numbingly brutal. And I've said for a while, like, listen, all the third down stuff, even if you get to like, if you have a great like pressure package and exotic stuff you can run, doesn't matter if it's third and two. And like, this is just a team that in the Joe Barry era, and even going back to sort of the end of the Mike Patton era, like they don't eat their vegetables on early downs. They don't get the stops on early downs. And that just makes it really, really hard. If the offense is constantly in a situation where they can always run or pass, you are just so screwed on a defensive side of things. And you've got to figure out ways to get into second and third and long so that you can make the other team predictable because it is hard enough in this league to stop the opposing offense when they're predictable. If they can be unpredictable and anything's at their disposal, it is a nightmare. So they, they've got, I agree with you completely. The defensive line got like the fewest amount of D, of TFLs relative to how many snaps those guys were playing because yeah. like Lowry and and Reed just got them nothing. I mean, hopefully, you know Wyatt and Slayton can end up providing some extra juice. And I I do think they're especially at Lowry's age. I do think they're they're better athletes than what they had last season. But at the same time, those guys were those guys as backups. So yeah. who knows? That's mystery box another volatility sort of thing where you're just not sure what you're going to get i think there's going to be some positives but i think there's going to be other days where you're going up against a really good offensive line and it could be a very long day at the office all right last one the personal question justice mosqueda what is your most off the wall food take off the wall food take or your boldest food take let me think oh man Put me on the spot. I know. I mean, you gave me a wide uh, something I do three times a day and say, "Hey, <laughs> have an opinion on this. Have you ever thought of it?" Um, I don't know. Mexican food's the best. I'm, I, I'm throwing that out there, but that's not really an off the wall take. That's a very good food take. Uh, that's yeah. not, I, I can't can't you know drag you for that at all. Might yeah. be my only good food take is that I love it, Mexican. Here, Here's what I'll do. Check out. All right. So everyone knows about like burritos and tacos and all that stuff. The the two things I want you guys to try. Mole. Okay. It's like a sauce. Chocolate. Right? Is, is yeah, yeah. chocolate yeah. Well, there, it can be. There's like two different types of mole. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one I'm talking about, it's like, it's like a chocolate sauce that like you can put like chicken and stuff chicken, in. It, yeah. It's Still very good. It's very good. Um. And then pozole, which I've is like, yeah, 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 it's like hominy soup, basically. Very also good. delicious, especially yeah. if you have somebody who really knows how to make it. And like, I tried making it; it turned out fine. But like, somebody who know, really knows how to make it, amazing. So, yeah, not not off. Look at this; I'm agreeing with food takes. This is this is a good day for me. Yeah. So I, I'll say those. Just go try those two things next time you're at a Mexican spot. If you see mole or pozole, go for it wholeheartedly agree justice you are absolutely amazing thank you so much for doing this before we get out of here where can we find your work what are you working on what can you tell us all the floor is yours catch me at acmepackingcompany.com um you can uh follow me on twitter at j-u-m-o-s-q and threads is that what it's called threads sure yep does anyone use it 
It, it, it had a weekend of, of use, I think, and then everyone got bored with it. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? I, I checked it like out. A... I was like, the timeline is not the people I'm following. It's not chronological. There's no DMs. I'm like, we'll see. Let's check back in in like... a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple yeah. Of let's check. Let's check back in in a, in, a, in a little bit. I just figured they needed to be something where like you know break glass in case of emergency sort of situation. So at least there's like something there, but we'll see if it actually becomes anything. Yep. All right, everyone go follow Justice's work at acmepackingcompany.com. Absolutely amazing. You can follow him again on Twitter and threads at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Justice, thanks for doing this. I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. For those of you following, you can follow me uh, on Twitter and threads at Andy Herman NFL. Follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for our fifth and final guest of the series. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com